Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Emily Green, otherwise known as Emily the Medium. This show is a space where I'll share my teachings around life after death, the soul, intuition, developing psychic abilities, and so much more. Together, we will expand our minds beyond what is widely accepted as truth and start to see the mind, body, and soul from a completely different perspective. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So happy to be here with you again, wherever you are in time and space. I hope you're having a beautiful day. It's a sunny day here where I'm recording when I'm recording this, the sun is shining in on my face and I'm soaking up every single piece of the sun that I can get. So I hope you have some sunshine wherever you are, whether that is physical or non-physical. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest on the podcast, Carolina Parnell. Oh my goodness, this conversation, you all will understand what I mean, but in preparation for this conversation with Carolina, I had this buzzing in my kind of head, my crown, all morning long in preparation. It was almost like my crown was preparing me for the power of this conversation. It was so deeply powerful, transformative, alchemical, and Carolina just has so many gorgeous insights, and the way that she communicates them is so beautiful. She is an artist. She is an intuitive creator, creatrix, and I just had such an amazing time getting the chance to chat with her. There even is a really, really beautifully timed synchronicity that we actually get in the episode at the end of the episode. So make sure you listen all the way through. I hope you enjoy this episode with gorgeous artist, herbalist, medicine woman, alchemist, Carolina Parnell. Enjoy. Caroline, I'm so happy to have you here. And this is such a blessing. And I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation. Feels like actually, I didn't tell you this yet. But this whole morning, my whole kind of crown has just been like crackling in buzzing mm-hmm. in anticipation. And <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And like we were just chatting before we started recording. I feel like we've been having conversations elsewhere. And this is just sort of bringing it into like right here right now. And um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to do this with you. Yes. It t- so, and it's like, yeah, we're, we're getting the conversations down here in the 3D so other people can hear them too. Yeah, where I'd love to start, I was just, as I was just saying, is I think this is kind of interesting because especially in the podcast world and space, you know, it's like... There's especially I find at the beginning of an interview with someone new and I'm introducing you and this kind of thing is to kind of like define yourself or like, who are you and what do you do and all this kind of stuff, which for me personally, yeah, it's like, I don't, okay, I mean, who am I? Well, really, who am you know, um, but, but so instead of that, I would love for you to pick up and, and just share a little bit about something or um, whether this is a concept or a project or uh, an idea that is really exciting and inspiring for you right now. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. I am. So I'm an artist and that's just the easiest way to put it. And what I'm excited about right now is just really putting into practice and into flow a lot of these tools that I've picked up over the past few years of awakening and really just focusing on my unique embodiment and then allowing that to flow through my creativity and into what I create in the world to share. So I'm building a website right now. I I've been many different things. I've had many like little lifetimes, but the beautiful thing about the way this is coming through now is it's like, I'm creating a website. That's like an umbrella for all of the different things that I've done in the past and bringing them into this fresh energy with the intention of just sparking people, just sparking anyone who comes into contact with it, sparking awakening within, you know, their potential, within their truest self, their essence, 
And then hopefully just creating a ripple of that beautiful, eternal truth kind of vibration through the world through my art beautiful oh my gosh that's gorgeous well and i i have heard this is actually something i wanted to chat with you about because i have heard you talk about this before just about what it's like for you to and i love how you said this umbrella of all of the different beautiful things that you do because you do so many beautiful things and just watching you like wow you know you're you're so multi-passionate and and so multi-creative and and all of the and all of these things that you do so what has that been like for you you being such a beautiful, like creatrix, multi-passionate, gorgeous being. How does that, like, how, how does that, how, how does it's, that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, I really, I'm a manifesting generator in human design. That's a great way to put it. Um, I have a lot of different interests and I tend to jump around and it's honestly been painful um, until more recently because it doesn't really fit in with what society expects from us as human beings or as creators. We're expected to have like a quick elevator pitch or like a quick, you know, nutshell way to like be labeled. And then so that people can just feel comfortable with like, okay, well, then that's what she is. And being in a blueprint that is like, so and like my energy is fleeting from us. I go and I've organized it finally into like a cycle. So I don't judge myself for going from jewelry to skincare to home decor to diet and wellness to spirituality. Like I just allow the wheel to spin. And that has been so freeing for me um, because before I was trying to just be one of the things and I found myself built, building prisons for myself, essentially. Yeah. It was really painful. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, where it becomes restrictive and suppressive and then is the creative power really able to express itself the way that it wants to. Absolutely. Well, mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I'm so happy for you that you're creating that and creating that umbrella. And I can already feel the, the I can't wait to see it and interact with it. I can already feel the ripple effect of how amazing that's going to be. So good. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I guess a good place to pick up from that. And we were kind of chatting beforehand just around, you know, you described so beautifully this in, in your email and I'd love to just pick up right from there of sort of, you know, the what the past kind of couple of years have looked like for you in terms of unlearning and discovering and kind of de-patterning or programming or whatever you want to call it and how various tools and practices have kind of allowed you to discover but then you described it so well so I'm going to turn it over to you and let you kind of take it away but then finding the personal embodiment of which kind of tools and practices or what pieces and parts of those tools and practices are really resonant or continue to feel true and then which I can let fall away and be in the safety and the understanding of myself anyway you described it so well. So can you speak on that? Yeah. Just what that's been like for you and just picking up all of those things and then the truth and the embodiment piece, I think is so powerful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's just been the key. It's really been the key to finding peace in this life. I've had a rough road and it's all valuable up until now because I realized that this lifetime for me is very, it's a very serious one in that I'm truly given the opportunity to create through new systems. I don't have to fit into old systems. And it's really the blessing of the time that we're in, of the shift into the Aquarian age. And um, the way that I was before, I, I mean, I, I was born into a beautiful, loving and very religious family. Um, and the religion that I absolutely, um, I appreciated the golden truth within the religion. And then the dogma was really upsetting to me, the ways of like how you have to be and how you have to think and all of these things. I really just felt, I felt really attacked by it and, and disenchanted by it. And I found a lot of peace in nature when I was a child. So, you know, I believe that people typically would, would when we come in to the lifetime that we're in, and a lot of people, I believe this to be true for right now, specifically with indigos and star seeds, or just people who are on a trajectory of awakening and having massive transformation in the, in one lifetime, we kind of come in knowing a lot. We already know a lot. 
as a child. And so when we're introduced to systems and, um, you know, the society being built the way it is and the way it's been going for, you know, thousands of years now, when we witness that, we already know that there's something wrong, but we're not given a whole lot of agency as children to break out of that. I mean, there just hasn't been a lot of support for that. Luckily, I'm seeing that, you know, and we're seeing that these systems are changing. Schooling is changing. There's a whole unschooling movement. It's like really beautiful what's going on. But, you know, when we were kids, we didn't really have that. So we had to deal with what we were given. And, you know, for me, the programming of going to college, it was all a lot of privileged opportunity, which again, you can't feel shame about having the opportunities when they're misaligned you know, saying no is okay. So it's been, I feel like it's kind of right now, my words are coming out in a real scramble and I, I will unpack them. But the essence of it is that I knew when I was a kid that things were not true the way that it didn't have to just be one way. I didn't have to just follow and fit into one group. I didn't have to just grow up to be one thing professionally, you know, and, but that was the message. So it created a lot of pain for me. And I, I went through a whole, you know, phase of escaping rebellion, anger, self-sabotage, self-destruction, very destructive path. And then I was able to change that timeline when I was 20 years old and get onto just a completely different trajectory. And it all started for me with getting clear from alcohol and drugs and then adopting spiritual principles, which even there, I, through the beautiful program of AA, which works for many, many people, I found it to be restrictive. There's dogma everywhere. It's everywhere, right? And so what the big lesson for me and what we were saying, what I was saying in the email has been the, the allowance and the permission for myself. It, I mean, you can, I, I don't know about you or your listeners, but for me, like in school, I was a chameleon. I was able, I had many different friend groups. I didn't just, and it's a, just a reflection of what we're talking about now. It was playing out then it's playing out now but this time I'm not judging myself for it and it's actually really freeing and it's been a real it's Aquarian because it's like um self-mastery and then bringing that to a group or to multiple groups and it's such a network of it's decentralized you know what I'm saying of like collaboration and influence and relationship in a way that's less attached and less, um, I don't need the safety because I know I'm safe within myself. I don't need the safety of a group of a us versus them kind of energy in order to be effective in the world. That's all I was thinking when you were saying that. I was like, this is so Aquarian. Like I, exactly like that encompasses it so well, but I think that why that's so important and the way you articulated that by the way you articulated it beautifully. And I think, you know, we were saying before, I'm even just having like a very scrambled brain kind of day. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we're articulating it perfectly. Oh, thank you. I mean, everything you said is so important and I can absolutely draw parallels even just to my own experience of, you know, being in um, kind of growing up in a religious system and then the dogma in that and feeling it was not true, but then feeling like I had to subscribe to it and then exiting from it. And then finding, I think this is the thing is that, you know, finding or seeing kind of these pigeonholes or these dogmatic belief systems in other places. And, and I think you're right, like that really is starting to change now in this time, which is so beautiful and last year and this year and the next few years. And I think that that's all what's happening here is that there's really this crumbling and this and and dogma that even people are like currently still clutching to they're having to kind of like reevaluate things that maybe they never thought that they would have to reevaluate and or kind of look at it from a different way or you know even just check in and be like has that ever really been true for me or was that just kind of following like a subscribed sort of like pathway that I was told that I had to subscribe to but but I actually, I want to cancel my subscription. I'm not, I don't want to subscribe to this anymore. So I think it's so relevant, just what, just what you're, what you're talking about. And, and even I'm curious, just your experience, because even sometimes in this, in the spiritual spaces, as well intended as they can be, there is still that same dogma in those spaces of kind of like, this is the way it has to be. Even it's almost kind of disguised though. Like it's not as, mm-hmm. not as um, you know, but, but that still exists. What's, what's been your experience with that? Just, I guess, in spiritual practices. 
And yeah. The, and I, oh my gosh, it's so true. Um, and I believe that the intention is the thing that's being, that's getting mistranslated because the word that comes forward to me is discipline. And it's important to have teachers. It's so important to have someone be a way shower, show you, you know, the tool and the protocol of like how to, you know, have an effective experience with a tool and with like any practice that you're, that you're, you know, intending to embody or intending to, you know, catalyze transformation within yourself, you need some sort of discipline in order to change any habit and in order to implement anything that you're trying to bring in that's new. It's kind of like an earth 3D situation. Like it takes a certain amount of energy in order to get an outcome. So I think that the thing that is triggering for me is when a teacher tells me, well, you need to do this every day for 40 days. And I'm like, well, this is my life and it's my time. How do you know that's what I need? So it's been a dance and it's not really a criticism on the teacher because there's merit in the discipline of doing that. And I found incredible uh, when I do feel aligned to a practice that prescribes a certain way to carry out the tool. I do find that when it does align and I do follow through, it is profound and it brings unexpected outcomes that shift and transform things really rapidly. But what I'm saying, what I mean by, you know, the discipline aspect is that we're in a place where I see myself at least going through a path of discovery. And then you come up against everyone else's discipline or way of doing it you know, the actual practice. And for me, it's like, I need to come up with my own way of doing it in order for it to really be sustainable in my life, because I'm not the kind of person who likes a daily routine. That's the same exact thing. So there's like a sovereignty, you know, moment where I'm able to say, okay, I'll do cat cow every day. Cause that feels really good. Like just in like a Kundalini, if we want to just make an example, I'll do that every day and I'll do, you know, the addiction meditation every day or something like that. But I'm not going to, you know, judge myself when I decide I'm going to do something completely different for the next couple of weeks. I mean, to me, that's been a lesson for me because sometimes I hear myself pushing back at someone telling me that this is good for me. And it's just like, I'd love to hear what you think about this too, because it's a greater theme. And sometimes it is really important for me to go against that. And I, as like a rebel, my moon is Aquarian. Okay. I have an Aquarius moon and the ninth house at 22 degrees. And so this is like a real theme of my life where I always challenge these things. It's just something that I do. And it is really important for me to like have discernment in what I'm challenging and why. And so that's, that's how it's been. And it's been really good for me to, you know, come up with my own practice just because it helps me reduce the judgmental voice and the perfectionism. Yeah. I literally just, it's so funny. We're talking about this. I taught a workshop a couple of weeks ago about this very thing of like how to, or, or building kind of your own powerful spiritual practice. And one of the things that I kind of wanted to, I guess, dismantle in that is that, it, I mean, that's the thing is like, cause I got into the same thing where I would get into this weird kind of guilty, shamey, like, I didn't do my thing today, but it's like, but I didn't want to do it that way. I did it in this way. You know, I found another kind of practice of devotion on that particular day. And that was perfect. That was so perfect on that day, you know? And so it's almost like, you know, it was like kind of a catch 22 because it was like how to build a powerful spiritual practice, but it actually, it's not so much about the practice. It's not so much about the step one and the step two. And then if they miss the step two, then there's the guilt and there's the, this. you know, sometimes my only spiritual practice for the day is just like sitting and having a devotion moment and then going on with my day, you know, or sometimes it's going out. And this is actually one of the things that I want to talk to you about too, is like going out in the forest or, you know, yes. going to the water or this kind of thing. That's my spiritual practice. And really that, you know, I think that that life is a, like the human experience is a spiritual practice in, in and of itself. And so I just love what you said. And I think I love so much what you said too, just about your own personal experience with challenging things that you're being 
you know, told to do or recommended that you do because I, but I think that's actually really important. And that's obviously your own experience, but just in the greater kind of scheme, especially right now, and that just comes naturally for you because that's just, you know, that's your energy, beautiful energy. But I think even just that theme for people in general is like, okay, wait, wait, hold on. I'm being told to do this, but does that actually, hmm. Or even one thing that I noticed is, and, and I don't have these so much anymore, but I would have these like astrology apps and it would be like, this is how you're feeling today. And I'd be like, no, I'm not, you know, or, or this is who you are, this, 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 you know, person and this is why you are like this. And I'm like, but who are you to tell me who I am? <laughs> you know, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. And that like, sometimes those things can be helpful because they kind of get that spark going and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. But then I found over time is it's like, I got, I got into that same kind of sovereignty sort of space of, okay, but no, actually that's not what I, I know myself better than this app thinks that it knows me even too. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's such a, a process because like what I was saying to you earlier for me, when I just started to wake up and I started to realize there's so many beautiful other things out there that I wanted to discover that I I could sense truth in the practice and I could sense, you know, whether it's automatic writing or yoga or, you know, astrology, all of these beautiful, like fourth dimensional sort of tools that we have to better understand our bodies and our minds um, and our personalities or, you know, chelantic science and how interesting that is and like all sorts of different things out there. And, you know, when you're just absorbing so much, it, it was and it has been and it continues to be so important for me to just witness what I'm learning and then allow myself to go through some time of letting it settle in as truth or not. And it takes me for me some time, like I need some signs. I need to see something out in the world that confirms. I need to feel it inside land as part of the poetry of my life. And I need that to land. And I need, you know, all of these confirmations within myself to happen before I really adopt it as a belief. You know, there's so many things out there. This is also the other side of the Aquarian age that information is very freely found now. You can, you can access a lot of things now. And also information is very easily distorted and it's very easy to hijack it for other old intentions like greed or power or mind control or whatever. So, and it's something so empowering that I'm realizing about myself, just even talking to you, I'm, I'm really grateful um, for you to reflect to me, just like that it's not just a quirk of my personality because I've always had that rebellious kind of like, wait, I don't know. I don't know if I trust this. It's really an asset. And it's something that the more that I give myself permission to just literally be myself in an organic moment, the more awareness that I'm, I have around that, that that's actually an asset, the better I can just feel empowered, you know? Gosh, absolutely. That is like yeah. so powerful. It's such a powerful um, personal discernment practice. But, you know, yeah. th- this is one thing I want to come back to, but I think that I do that too. Maybe not as aware as you that I'm doing it, but I love just the way that you laid it all out. It's amazing. And I think that it's such a beautiful takeaway for anyone who's listening of just kind of like, yes, listen, like, you know, like t- if they can take just a little nugget of what you were saying there and, and find out their own way of kind of applying that um, sort of, I guess, example of discernment is so powerful. Like you said, especially right now in the Aquarian age where there's a lot of information. I mean, so much information, mm-hmm. almost too much. And what is true and what is not and who are we believing and this person saying this and I'm saying that and there's your truth, my truth, their truth, his truth. It's like, wow, it's so all-encompassing. And one thing that I notice, I'm curious your thoughts on this, but one thing that I notice is that kind of, I guess, energy or that frequency of just that overload, I guess you could call it. And and I especially notice this just to kind of tie in the human design context is that it's especially pronounced in people who kind of have the open crown sort of aspect that that like, yeah, me too, girl. Um, Because I am like, sometimes it's like, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Hold on. And I think that that's why it's so important for me to make sure that I have my own space and I can kind of step Mm -hmm. back and I do the same as you. And I make sure that I'm clearing it out and all this kind of stuff, because it's so porous. Like it's very, you know, but, but I, but I don't want all of the stuff that's being kind of sucked in through the the vacuum of the open crown. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. So this is so 
profound what you're bringing up and I love it. Something that I really, it's coming through that I really want to like talk to you about in, and this is the perfect way in is that alone time for people who have an open crown and an open mind, it's like so important because then we can just tune into our own voice. And I don't know about you. I'd love to know. I mean, I grew up always feeling like I had a guardian presence around me. Always felt like I'm never lonely. Like I don't feel lonely. I'm very easy alone by myself. And I feel like I'm not alone. Actually, I feel like there's a presence around me that loves what I'm doing, that loves me so much, that's so um, supportive. And I've been on this spiritual path now for over 15 years, but over the past three or so years, it's become so much more personalized as I've broken out of some of these systems and just really found my own truth. And, you know, that's part of the, part of the energy suck is when you go into seeking mode. Right. And so we're like, the crown is like a vacuum and we're like, and then it takes the time to filter through the whole body system, right. To like land and whatnot. And I love that visual of thinking of it as like water or something pouring through my body. And then just like, it's almost like food and you just like, you excrete some of it and some of it goes into nutrition, you know, to nutrients into your body. And it's like a great analogy. But what I've realized in the alone time is that I am bigger than just me in this body in this lifetime, right? Like we are multidimensional beings and we have layers of ourselves that are way more large, like the intelligence capacity is like so much bigger. It holds all of our lifetimes, all of the knowledge of everything. And this expression right here, right now on planet earth is just like, you know, we come in with a little bit of amnesia and we, we don't have all of that access, but the more that we get quiet and we can, you know, tune into that guardian presence, the more I recognize the guardian is just me. It's higher aspects of myself, my higher self that is there and engaging. And I didn't have really access to my higher self until I started to actually get quiet and detach from all the noise. And also doing some of these practices like Kundalini really helped me get in touch with higher aspects of myself. The way Yogi Bhajan says you within you within you, and it is you and only you, you know, things like that that really resonated deep within me. And um, I like to think of it in a quantum way where it's like future me who knows all of it, who knows how this all is going to go is part of that sort of vertical Russian doll sort of like me expanding into all of the dimensions coming back to like help me and support me. And I just find that so profound and so true for me. And I just think it's an interesting thing to trust and integrate because who would I rather trust than myself? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Mic drop. So well said. So well said. And just so beautiful. Like that was such a powerful, powerful transmission, everything you just said, I think, yeah, the, I think for me also, just to come back to what you said, the alone time kind of piece was so, I actually just had one of those days yesterday and um, it was the first time in a while. And it was like, wow, okay. This is just like, I can't actually keep up. Like I just need a second to kind of hold on. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, wow, there's so much. Um, and that's kind of, you know, try, it's almost like I'm trying to come back down to the planet a little bit today. And I'm like, wait, what language am I speaking again? I don't know where, where, am I? Um, But that was so powerful for me too. And I think this is actually part of the multidimensional kind of, this is something I've been, this is especially in the last sort of, I guess, six months or so that has been really present for me and that I've kind of been in the background, I guess, having different sort of experiences with that concept. But it comes back to what we were saying earlier is that, you know, I would, I guess, talk to people who are having those experiences or hear about those experiences. And it just didn't compute at the time. It was kind of like, "Mm -hmm, okay, all right, interesting. Like, I respect your experience, but I didn't, it didn't click. And it's like, you know, you, you don't, 
there it's almost like you someone could come in and give you all of the secrets and the keys and everything to this is the universe and the multiverse and the multi-dimensional kind of frequencies and all that's available but if you weren't ready for it you'd be like what you know i don't know what <laughs> this is right so i think what you're talking about i get it because i've you know had the the experiences of it in the um in the last kind of couple months or so and it's just so i mean your whole I'm, your whole I'm curious to hear how, how you process this, but I can't look at the three dimensional world the same. It's just the whole thing is, is changed. I, and I can't, it was a struggle for me for a moment to kind of relate to it because it felt, I felt very difficult to relate and very difficult to kind of still, I guess, operate in that, you know what I'm saying? So, and then there was the integration piece of just like, all right, how do I hold this and know this and explore this and, and then still come back and like <laughs> here and, and, and relate to it. And, and have that still, you know what I mean? So it's such a, what has that, I guess my question is, what has that experience been like for you just experiencing, I guess, your kind of quantum self? And I love how you said this future self and I relate to that too, but then still yeah. operating, I guess, within the sort of three-dimensional, you know, reality. What's that been like for you? Yeah, it's been um, interesting because sometimes I actually get really, impatient. And I'm just like, I just want to be surrounded by people who have these sort of conversations, you know, and but the the beautiful blessing is that I am surrounded by people who have these sort of conversations. So um, I think it really helps to find tribe, it, find, it helps to find friends who are supportive and, and that you feel safe around sharing with and talking about it. Because to me, the more I mean, it, so funny that you said, um, what language am I speaking? Like, oh, because like English and just language in general, uh, it's becoming more and more awkward. (laughs) It's becoming so limiting, but I feel like the importance of coming together with people and sharing it there, that helps integrate. It's like this beautiful sort of cycle of self and then cycling out through people um, and then filtering back to self. And it, and it's like, all of it is needed. You can't just live one way or the other. Um, And I find it extremely clarifying to voice these experiences and these knowings. They're like knowings. And it's so funny that I don't know if you've experienced this uh, as well, but like having something really land as a real truth in the 3D like reality where I'm saying I could say it in English, like I'm free to embody all that I am. And that sounds like, okay, but like the energy behind that saying those words. And if that has landed in my reality as truth, oh my gosh, you know, that is free. That is truly, I mean, unlimited potential here that we're working with once that becomes a belief. So I'm finding it really important to surround myself with people who are also on this sort of trajectory. And then when I'm not around people who are on this trajectory and there are people that I love, I have plenty of them in my life who are just like, you know, they just, it's just kind of like, eh, that sounds like whatever. I don't get it. To not lower my frequency around my loved ones who are not interested in the things that I'm interested in. And to just trust that when I tell them something that I'm interested in, they're going to understand it on a, on a certain level and they're going to respect me because when I charge my words with that sort of energy, that's what I get out of it. If I was to walk around with these sort of quantum experiences where I'm understanding myself as a much larger being than just Carolina who, you know, what, with whatever stories attached, I'm a much larger being than that. And I'm really interested in remembering as much as I can about it. Right. It's so important for me when I do interact with people who, who are just completely on a different mission to not charge my words, like, well, they're just not going to get it. They're going to judge me for this. They're not going to like me for this, or they're going to think this is weird. And why am I even telling them and all of that stuff? All of that energy behind that explanation is it lands in their consciousness and that's what I'm going to get. Like, but if I just talk to, if I just take the second to be like, okay, this person is also way bigger than just the person that is presenting in front of me right now. They're huge being too. And I'm talking to like the part of them that's going to get it. 
you know, then I get that sort of energy relay and it's way more comfortable, you know, believing if I'm believing that it's a potential for myself then I'm believing it's a potential for any human being. That's one part of this that is so comforting to me, whether or not they choose to play that out in their life this time, then like, that doesn't really matter. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I think I love that because I think that I you've even have had to kind of catch myself as well, where even before I've even kind of shared the experience, I'm already charging it and I have to be careful, but I'm already charging it with like a defensive kind of thing. Like, you know, like, how is that going to be? So I love what you said about just charging it from the very beginning about this is just my experience and I'm just sharing it with you in pure, sheer excitement and joy of like this is what it is rather than I don't know if you're gonna so I love that you said that it's so powerful and so true that if I could see this as a possibility for myself this is this is myself this is a possibility for myself having this awareness is a possibility for everyone and anyone oh and that's so inclusive that's so inclusive too and that's what it's supposed to be oh that's so gorgeous yeah well I mean the ultimate intention for myself with all of the art that I put out there all of the jewelry the skincare the I'm doing all kinds of things the intention behind it is to be speaking to that higher aspect of the audience the aspect of the audience that gets it and that sees its value you know And it may not be going through everyone's conscious mind at the time, but it sparks something inside of them that then sets them on a beautiful trajectory of remembrance and awakening in whatever way that looks for them, because this is going to look different for everyone. But I just, I feel like it's such an interesting time to be a, a creative person, to be creating offerings for the world in this time that we're in, because we are on a trajectory of awakening. So many people came here to have this experience of supporting a major shift, you know, on the planet for humanity. And with that in mind, structuring a business, like what does that look like? It's so fascinating. And I do think that this exact conversation that we're having right here right now really helps to show how that can be applied to so many different things not just like me talking to a friend but me offering something as you know a creator to a consumer or a teacher to a student or whatever that's like pure the most pure form of creative power is that you know and i think that that's so interesting because i think for me too one of the things that i have kind of pondered on is when i'm creating something is making sure that there's there's going to be kind of a receptive you know frequency of like yes i want this this is great but then it's like but who am i really you know i'm creating for me really yes i'm creating to to serve but but it was kind of like switching my focus of creation first just back to this is interesting to me and i'm excited about this and i want to share it and it's going to be received in the right way by the right kind of people in the right place at the right time and all that kind of stuff so i love that exactly right it can be applied to so many different things yes Oh, it's so powerful. The trust exercise. I've fallen into the trap of playing to my audience. Who is it that said that? There's an artist. He's amazing. And I will remember probably in five minutes, but he said like, you know, never play to your audience, never create for your audience, create from you. Like it was David Bowie or it was David Bowie. So powerful. And then that is so magnetic, you know, and that's such a magnetic artist is he was just in his like watching him is like wow and even still listening to his music is like but it's because it's so magnetic because he was just like coming if i mean assuming that that's how he created a lot of what he did in different points in his career like that's why it was so powerful absolutely so like embodying you know and that was what i was interested to bring to this conversation was just really focusing on what my unique embodiment looks like and not judging the practice and how it flows through and taking the time away from seeking more truth or more tools or more of like something else and really just relaxing into knowing and trusting my own essence 
And I really feel like that is an exercise for anyone on the planet who is feeling like they're misaligned in how they're spending their energy or feeling like they are craving, you know, something more pure and fulfilling, resting in the knowing of my unique offering. Every single person on the planet has in their DNA, this is just my belief, but their own codes for something that humanity needs, something that the planet needs, maybe not humanity, maybe it's, you know, just something to offer earth and everything that that encompasses. And so like, I feel like that's a deep drive within every person. It can look like every single person needs to look different. We need that. We need it. And so the more that we can like really trust and anchor into like our own essence and put out that in the purest form possible, the better outcome for everyone. So powerful. I love you. That's so perfectly, perfectly expressed and perfectly expressed. I feel like we came back around to that in the most amazing way. <laughs> so amazing. Well, Carolina, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about before we finish up, because this has just been, this is more me being purely curious, but actually I'm going to tie this into a story. So bear with me here. So I was watching this. I'm, I'm wondering if you've seen this. Um, my mom actually told me about it and I was kind of like, anytime anybody recommends like a show or something to me, I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll get around to it when this. So she told me, about this a while ago. I was like, all right, I'll maybe come back around to it sometime. You know, it was like, uh, I was like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll watch it in my own time. Anyway. So there's this movie or this documentary, I guess you could call it that she told me about called my octopus teacher. <laughs> and she told me about it. Have you, have you seen it? I loved it. So did I. It was oh my so good. It was so good. Well, and the reason I was thinking about you when I was watching it, cause I just watched it last night because one of the, you'll know this cause you watched it, but one of the main things that, that the, the man, the creator of this documentary was talking about was how he felt I just, he, he was kind of working as a videographer and he was watching these people interact with the natural environment and that he felt sad that they were so connected to the earth and to the animals and to the frequencies of mother earth and that he felt like he was on the outside and he was kind of like outside looking, you know, outside looking in. And so he, you know, then restructured so that he could, and he kind of made some shifts and had a breakdown moment and, and then kind of reconnected with the earth in his form that was diving and going to have this beautiful relationship with this octopus. Anyway, it was so amazing. And so I was thinking about you when I was watching this, because I think you do such an amazing job of, of, of or you just had this natural, beautiful, natural connection to mother earth and, and, and her plants and trees and rocks and herbs and, and all of these things. And, and then I was, you know, reading this other book. And I also thought of you because in the book, it said, if a tree or a rock or a plant calls to you, make sure you're never too busy to go figure out why it's calling to you. And I was like, oh, that reminded me of you. So I would love to hear you just because I also know you do beautiful work in these medicine circles with plants and herbs. And I would love to hear you speak about your connection to the earth frequency and what, what that was like for you and what it's like for you now. And, and I guess just how you experience that. Wow. Yes. Okay. So for me, the landscape and nature ever since I was a kid has spoken to me and has been one of my best friends. I'm the kind of kid who played in the creek, you know, in the forest um, and pretended like there were fairies. And I'm sure there actually were fairies, but, you know, and, and I would see bark missing from a tree and I would go to my mom's spice cabinet and like mix up all these spices and then go rub it on the like bare tree and try to heal it. And, you know, just all sorts of things that, um, that were so, it's so fascinating to look at it as like, those were like my instincts as a kid. And I feel really fortunate to be, have been able to spend time in nature when I was a child, um, because, I learned that, you know, there's sort of like a frequency in nature that we belong to. We're not separate from it. We belong as a part of that frequency of the forest, of the fields, of the ocean. Like we're a part of that as human beings. It's in our DNA and it absolutely, we fit into it. And the, the earth needs us. It doesn't need us to stay away from it. You know, it needs us to be allies with it. And that's like how I see our rightful place. And animals, you know, we all 
are existing here together, supporting each other and the frequency of the planet. So the way that it plays out for me, it's an interesting thing because for whatever reason, I'm in a body that's highly sensitive to like pollen and mold and like, so I'll like go out into nature and then I'll like right now, actually, I went um, out to, you know, the Palisades for a hike and my lungs are burning because so many things are blooming. And I'm like, but to me, that's just another reminder of how removed we've, we, how much we've removed ourselves from nature and how domesticated and sort of weakened we are as a species because we're so domesticated away from nature. So it's been a real dance of loving herbs and just loving them for their life and what they offer us so many of us, they offer medicine. And I've just, in my studies, it really helped tie things together for me when it, you know, we've been talking about a lot of these like multidimensional quantum, you know, kind of high concept spirituality things, but it all comes down to electromagnetics and literally just frequency. And it all exists. I mean, our hearts are huge, you know, electromagnetic oscillators and our hearts, like it's not just a pump. It's like, it senses the environment around us at all times. And it's making all of these fine tune adjustments to our system. This is all subconscious. It's always feeling the environment and making dynamic adjustments to our body system so that we can enjoy, you know, homeostasis or just feeling normal or feeling nothing essentially, because it's like background. So our hearts interact with nature. It's it's very calming to us because that's where we belong. And so when I started to really wake up for this a couple of years ago, um, to these like larger aspects of myself, I started to really study herbalism because I felt called to the plants. I answered the call. Thank goodness. And um, I was able to remember a lot about just the the wisdom that the plants hold. They've been here for a long time and a lot of plants have just such um, sophisticated and beautiful harmonic ways of leading their life on earth. I mean, you just see it, you can see a tree go through hundreds of years and remedy itself and be in community with other trees and have um, a beautiful long life, you know, without having like an identity crisis and, you know, having <laughs> all of these things happen. They've really mastered um, living here. And I just look at them as elders and you know, the way that they communicate is much slower and more patient. Um, but when I get really quiet and I look for medicine in nature, I'm really looking for energy medicine because most of the medicine in nature gives my body a reaction. <laughs> but the energy is so um, comforting and it's really just, it doesn't even have to compute in my conscious mind. I don't even have to understand what's happening. I just need to like take the time to go and sit with the tree with my shoes off and lean against it you know, and just exhale and inhale and exhale and inhale and clear my mind. And what I sense is, although there aren't words to put to it, um, I sense a, a symphonic, like you could put music to it. It could be, you know, expressed as some sort of a sound almost, but there's like, my, my body might sound like, and then I sit down next to the tree for a little while and I relax and I feel, you know, just supported by it and relax my mind. And by the end of it, it's, you know, so it's just really like tuning my body. And I believe that they really want us to, you know, they really want us to remember, they want us to remember that we belong in nature and that, you know, we're allies and that we're, we can support each other. And yeah, that's how I'm relating to it. It was a journey where as soon as I opened up myself to plants, and I mean, I've always been very connected to animals too, um, and crystals, fascinated with crystals and always felt like I could talk to animals and just know what they're thinking and like have conversations with them just from body language and electromagnetics and things. But the more that I open myself up to that actually being real, it's not my imagination. It's not just me playing around or being silly. It's real. It really is. And guess what? Our imaginations are us creating reality for ourselves. It's not anything 
but that it's like such a lie that we're that we've been taught to like oh it's just your imagination oh well that's just your greatest superpower you know so the more that I relax into the knowing that yeah we are sharing consciousness we're sharing all kinds of things are going on and you know the more that I open myself up to it and sort of embrace the way I was as a child um but just more it builds on itself as understanding and friendship beautiful oh my gosh so gorgeous I love that. <laughs> it's beautiful well a couple of things first of all I love I just I love everything that you said just that we're really a part of you know and and something that I believe too when we come into contact with nature or a tree or a plant or an animal or things like that is that and I love what you said about that sim- kind of that that symphony that's that is sort of our body or system is almost reharmonized but I really feel like you know nature isn't just giving something to us we are also you know it's it's a reciprocal beautiful kind of flow relationship between us and you know it's almost like they're waiting for us like where have you been you know the trees are like yeah we've been waiting you know we will we need you come 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 so um so I've really found that too just if you know when you when you stop and you then you sit and you listen or you rest for a long period of time it's so clear and so precious and so special so I just love watching you you know it's inspiring for me too just watching you kind of go out and I'm like oh yes okay I I need to do that too but and, and I love what you said also about the animal connection because in my experience what I find just you know in in that animal communication is so so you know on planet and and when they're no longer in bodies there's so willing to communicate and to telepathically transmit and they're kind of almost like what took you so long like you know we but in the purest most loving way you know like we've been talking to you this whole time you know we're like oh now you're just kind of getting the the thing (laughs) but um but I think that's so just knowing that uh, that that kind of uh, subtle telepathic communication that exists not only with yes with crystals with animals with 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 nature with the plant realm and all of these things is is not just you know yeah it's not just a coincidence or imagination as you said it's actually something that we can regularly commune with and be in communion with so I love everything. <laughs> And there was something else I wanted to. There's a beautiful hawk that just flew <gasps> over a top of my. I've just looked out the window at the right time. There's a red-tailed hawk circling over my. No house. way! This is crazy. <gasps> yeah, I swear. Oh my god. Oh my god. Can I share with you something? This is so funny, and this is like kind of weird. Literally, just the other night, I got together with some friends, and we were all doing like a meditation together, and we were like, "Let's set an intention that we all see a red ha- a red-tailed hawk, Stop. and see if it comes true." Oh, no. And. And just as you said that, the guy who said, let's set that intention to see a red-tailed hawk just messaged my chat. No way. Oh, that is so amazing. That's like, you can't make this shit up, Terry. No, you can't make this shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, I cannot wait to tell him. Oh, oh there yeah. it is. Oh, I love it so much. Well, that's a mm. place to wrap, I think. What a what a gorgeous mm. little synchronicity to end on. Thank you so much for being here and your and your just your your powerful um articulation and everything you shared. Mm. So so healing and so powerful. And it was healing for me. And I know it will be healing for everyone who gets to listen to this beautiful um conversation. And the last thing I just wanted to say is for people who are like, okay, this woman is incredible. Um, where can I connect with her? Where is the best place that people can find you? Yes. Um, please find me on Instagram at Carolina Parnell. It's Carolina with two eyes. It'll pop up. I'm sure if you search and stay tuned, I'm planning to be launching my website in May and, um, I'll have a monthly newsletter or like actually a every 40 days newsletter. That'll be fantastic. And, um, I'm just really, I feel so much gratitude to you, Emily, before we started recording, I was saying to you how clarifying conversations like these are and how just absolutely just grateful I am for the 
opportunity to have such an expansive conversation, I find that I just gain so much clarity and inspiration from it. And I am so appreciative of this just allowance and the safe space and just your wisdom. It I feel so seen by you and you're so just incredible yourself. Every time I listen to your podcast, I just feel so uplifted and inspired and it's just expansive. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I received that and, 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 and so reciprocal. I'm so grateful. This is so amazing. And, um, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I can't wait Thank just, you too. fall in love with the hop and tell me, I can't wait to hear how everybody reacts. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. I have to get off and tell everyone. It's so unbelievable. <laughs>